0: We're in Winnipeg and we're talking uh, to Jill Cooper. And we're just talking about your husband's assignment. And he's changed assignments now and he's in Cochabamba. Right. Cochabamba. Right. And now, what is he doing there?
1: He's working um, in an organization, well, he always did. From the very beginning, the the partner organization is called um, Kinder Not Hilfe, which is actually a German organization. All of the money comes from Germany, but all the staff is Latino, except for Jeff. So the man who's a direct uh, the director is Ecuadorian, mm-hmm. and all the other stuff are Bolivian, and they have projects. I think he said 30, 31 projects all over the country um, that are t- toward the benefit of children and families, and very open concept about what that means. Though lots of community development, lots of um, like community gardening, kind of raise um, build, building structures so that they could grow their own food or water or sanitation, schools. Um, internados, what are they, boarding schools, those kinds of things in different communities. Um, And Jeff specifically worked on one most of the time. He did travel all over the country and help with lots of different things, but most of the time worked on a project in in a community that was four hours from Coach Obama called Vila Vila, um, that had one of these projects, and so he helped with the monitoring and evaluation. Kindernold Hilfe is actually the funder, and so they worked with many different local organizations funding their projects. Um, so Jeff, on their behalf, was working with another organization called Impade on this project in Vila Vila, which involved many, many. Do you know things.
0: when we say monitoring and evaluation, mm-hmm. what does that actually mean?
1: He would go through their their plans with them, like on what their objectives and goals and um, as well as budgets. So what that, what they were actually going to do, what money they needed to do it. Uh, he would work with the team. Uh, both in Cochabamba and then the team in Villa Vila to look at how they were working with the community, what kinds of things the community needed, was how were, how was the community participating in whatever project, and then was it something that was sustainable after after the project was?
0: What's was his built. training? He's a social worker. He's a social mm-hmm. worker. Okay. And and you? So you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. You go and uh, now he's in one place and then he's in another. And what are you doing? You're raising a family, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. Ra- first, raising a family, learning the language. Um,
1: and I did briefly, a, well, no, not even that briefly, eight months I worked um, as a volunteer, not, not a Cuso volunteer, but just myself as, um, for Save the Children Canada, doing translations for a program, <clears throat> a foster, fostering program. Like they, the kid, There was a program that they had in Yapakani, which was near Santa Cruz. And there was um, a boarding school, and there were foster parents, like a, so foster parents would adopt a kid and pay their expenses, and so those kids were then obligated to write the foster parents. Um. And so then I would translate those letters and translate the letters back from the parents. Um, And that, I didn't have, um, I didn't have great Spanish skills when I got there, so it was a good, good way to to learn it, and it was a way to use English. Although the people in the office joked that it wasn't a good way to learn it because they were kids writing. So I was learning bad grammar, (laughs) Um, but so I did that for a while. And then as my Spanish level increased, I wanted to do something more. So that's how I got involved working at the Marta Darrow and they, so what we did was we, um, we were given a space or I was given a space and we set up a drop in children's program
0: the drop-in children's program,
1: what did you do with it? We did, um, the
0: the Bolivian education
1: system is very traditional. Um, so, and again, because I'm a teacher, I kind of set, I set it up like stations. So there were four or five different stations. One had a structured activity that we would, some kind of crafts activity or art activity because it's an arts and cultural center that the kids could participate in. And then there'd be another station with puzzles and games and then there'd be another station with some kind of Arts and crafts material that was they they were free to do. And then there was just another table with nothing where kids, if they wanted to bring their homework or if they wanted to just sit around and chat or whatever. And then there was a big outdoor space. So the idea was that they could come and choose their activity. And that they there were opportunities to be led through something if that's what they chose to do, but that really it was their their time their to, to their initiative. And that was an interesting Um, I learned a lot of things because the parents would come in and ask me, what are they supposed to do? They all called me profe, um, very uncomfortable calling me Jill at first, um, and and teaching them and teaching their parents. There's nothing they're supposed to do. They get to choose. This This is the kind of place it is. And by the end of a year, kids were coming in, and they knew where all the material was. They were grabbing it. I would say, there's this today. They'd say... Ah, okay. And they'd go off and do their own thing. I mean, it was really special to wow. watch. And by the time we left, there's a volunteer, a Bolivian volunteer running the whole thing.
0: Oh, wonderful. So, so,
1: it, so it, it continues yeah, on. It continues on.
0: And when you left here, you were teacher in what
1: grade? In secondary, in junior high. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Okay, mm-hmm. and then
0: you went all the way down to very young people. Yeah. All right. And... Can you look at this entire, I'll call it an adventure, mm-hmm. it because was. it's an adventure of a lifetime. It was. It was you, so you two years go up, and uh, you're supposed to come back, and then how come you're staying? What's going on? Well,
1: because I guess we all felt, uh, and I don't know, I think I think it may have happened anyway, whether we had kids or not, but we, we felt like we just started to feel comfortable. We just had the language skills. We'd started to build this incredible community of people that were just incredible. Bolivians are incredible. And we met, we had met people from all over the world. I actually have a friend from Lima here right now that we met there, who was living there. Um, and then to leave just felt, just didn't feel feel finished. Mm. And our, everything we were doing just felt like it got that much, much richer the longer we were there. Those relationships I believe will sustain the the light. We have the language yeah, our capacity to speak Spanish is so much better than it would have been after only two years. All of the cultural differences and things that you're learning and all, I mean, I made stupid mistakes culturally up until the day we left, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but less of them. Um, so, And people understandably take a while to trust you and want to work with you and let you in. And so two years, we certainly there had been an impact for us and and I think we Maybe helped some, but I think b- on both of those levels, those things were richer after a
0: longer. So you longer stayed stay. four years, mm-hmm. and then you add seven months to the stay. Well, what happened
1: is we were we were offered our first contract. We were offered either a six month extension or a two year extension. Oh. And at the time they offered that, we weren't ready for two years. We we were able to say six months without even thinking. Yes. Because it also meant that instead of arriving back in November, one sec. Instead of arriving back in November, we were arriving back in. June, and that just felt, we felt like, oof, arriving back in November would have been brutal, <laughs> too cold, and um, and June would be a good time to come home, so we did that, and then after, as that was starting to run out, we realized,
0: time to come time,
1: home, well, at, that we needed to stay, even the two years longer, so yeah. when we were offered again, we took oh, it. Oh,
0: okay, okay, right? so the two so, years then went to the four yeah. years, and then the four years into four years and six so, months, right. seven months. It was
1: two years. Then we s- had decided, yes, we'll stay six more months. So it was two and a half years. And then during that six months, we said, mm, I wonder in if In the meantime,
0: our can- QSO staff we kept welcoming them back. <laughs> yes. We kept thinking they're <laughs> coming yeah. back. Well, I think our two last names are confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are these people that are going to stay there forever? Exactly. Yeah. So we'll just stop for a moment and come back to this interview with Joe Cooper in Winnipeg.